our worldly views are obviously flawed, right? And so we, you know, facts always change in our worldview, mm-hmm. right? Um, but God's doesn't. Welcome to Faithful Fathering's podcast. This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, uh, welcoming you and uh, uh, where we encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. Dads who prioritize physical presence are engaged emotionally and lead spiritually by example. The vision of the ministry is to engage dads in raising a godly generation and reinvigorate the church on the fathering front. This podcast series is uh, dealing with coaching kids through those teen years. We've talked about the seasons of fathering and the the teacher, coach, and counselor seasons. And uh, so we're going to address coaching your kids into a Christian worldview. Uh, In the studio with us today is uh, Richard Vega. He's uh, an Army veteran and uh, leader of At His Feet Ministries. Uh, Richard, welcome. Hey, thank you, Rick. Good to have you in the in the studio again, and uh, just talking a little bit about what worldview, uh, how it plays into our our role as a dad. I always like to bring out, uh, you know, I I'm a big baseball fan, so uh, there's a young man by the name of, of Anthony Rendon that uh, played third base for the Washington Nationals. He was interviewed after whooping the Astros in uh, 2019. The announcer. Uh, uh, made the comment that his resting heart rate must be four, and when he gets excited, it goes all the way to 12. <laughs> and he said, uh, how are you able to project such a, a peace and calm through such intense competition? And Anthony just responded. He says, I understand there's more, uh, there's bigger things going on in this world. My Savior is Jesus the Christ, and he's blessed me with that patience and that, that low heartbeat and uh, a slow heart rate. You know, what do you remember about that series, Richard? Do you, are you a baseball fan? I am a baseball fan. Um, I remember being very upset. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Houston Astros native fan since I was a, a kid. So I came up to the Glenn Davises and the uh, Ken Caminetti's and Kevin Bass days all the way to present. Um, but yes, you know. But I was, I was, I was happy for him um, because uh, he he is he had uh, it was one of his major breakout years that year, uh, Anthony's, mm-hmm. and uh, he was Estonian. So I was I was like, okay, well, somebody's gonna put a whooping on us, then it's okay. He's from Houston. Right? <laughs> if he's a Houston native, it's okay. <laughs> it's <guess>. okay. <laughs> well, he was an MVP of the series, but uh, did you happen to see that ESPN interview? No, sir, I didn't see that ESPN interview, but I'm proud of him. Yeah, it set that uh, that, uh, that uh, newscaster or that uh, commentator on his heels a little bit. Uh, he didn't know how to respond to such a testimony, uh, but it, it conveyed very quickly what what Anthony's worldview was. It was a Christian worldview. I remember one thing about the series is he would. Uh, it was a particularly tense time. His manager was pretty uh, tense, and he just came up behind his manager, put a big bear hug on him from behind, saying, "It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right." You know. And, and that's just the kid he was. He, he's a he's a, a fine young man. But you know, Oswald Chambers, the author of uh, My Utmost for His Highest, says said that seeing is never believing. We interpret what we see in the light of what we believe. So uh, believing in God provides a, a lens through which the world is viewed. That uh, God is sovereign over all things. Uh, another lens of believing in self provides an opposing lens through which to view the world, which is that man is sovereign over all things. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two contrary worldviews? Well, you know, I used to I used to walk in a in a world that um, 
that I didn't believe in God. And so I had a lot of world views at that time. Hmm. And I'll tell you, I am very grateful that, uh, that God is sovereign and that he's given uh, me a ton off the mercy meter and the grace. And he's allowed me to be able to see that he is more than real and he's more than love than we could ever mm. uh, understand or uh, ever, ever process. Mm. Um, our worldly views are obviously flawed. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, facts always change in our worldview, mm-hmm. right? Um, but God's doesn't. Are you suggesting there's an absolute truth somewhere? <laughs> called the Word of God, yeah, right? Called the Word of God. That's right. <laughs> I always like, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis. I'm a big C.S. Lewis fan. He wrote a book called The Great Divorce, which was the divorce between heaven and hell. And uh, in that book, he he right, actually ends the book by saying there are two types of people in this world: those that say to God, "Thy will be done," and those to whom God says, "Okay, Thy will be done." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and those are, uh, you know, people always ask, you know, why do good things happen to, uh, or why do bad things happen to good people? And, uh, you know, that kind of sums it up. But what would be your response when, when people that, that ha- say, you know, your worldview says God's sovereign? Well, why does he let bad things happen to good people? Well, it rains on the just and unjust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at the end of the day, we live in a fallen world, and it's a broken world, mm. and things happen. Um, you know, uh, you know, I've I've recently lost my son four uh, four months ago, and uh, and this question came up. You know, people didn't understand uh, my reaction or, or mm-hmm. how I'm able to do the things I've done. My son was a good kid. He was set up for ministry. He was never like me, and uh, his life has has uh, he got promoted is what we call it, right? Um, but, you know, have an understanding that he fulfilled his purpose and that he has gone to heaven. Um, you know, during his, his service, his celebration of life, uh, there was over 100 salvations. Mm. And through that process, we've been able to disciple over 40 of those people. Mm. Um, so um, that just tells me, you know, he, you know, my son in a short amount of years, he's done a lot of things, but I had to rely on Jesus. Mm. Um, mm. That didn't, you know, I can't sit here and lie to you and tell you that, you know, I was all full of strength and ready to go, you know. The circumstances have us question certain things in this life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, are you going to believe that God is who he says he is? Uh, are you going to believe that he's been there the whole time? Mm. And that he's his word is true and just. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like uh, Adrian Rogers years ago gave a sermon that uh, in response to this, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? He says the real question is why do good things happen to any of us? But mm. by the grace of God, Praise, that's and good. so you know, your perspective that your son has been promoted—that's something I've always referenced as well. That uh, you know, some people get promoted, and the rest of us have to stay back here and take care of this noise and try to be a light where He has us. Uh, I think that was the case with Job. Yes, uh, you know, he was—he was pretty uh, frustrated with where he was at. He lost, uh, you know, his uh, his uh, status, his family, the whole nine yards. I I love this passage from Job. It says, uh, you know, God finally says, enough whining, Job. He said, you know, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? And when I made the clouds its garment and uh, wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far you may come and no farther, here is your where your proud waves halt. 
And then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? You know, George, I'm sorry, Job's worldview got rocked uh, as uh, God removed his hedge of protection around him, right? Uh, allowed the devil to tempt him. And uh, while Job didn't understand why all these calamities had come upon him, he, he refused to curse God and uh, continued to stand firm. So in this passage, Job was reminded that in the midst of suffering, of physical pain and loss of loved ones, that God is still sovereign, very similar yes. to your journey in the last uh, number of months. So uh, how, how you, it sounds like God showed up by, in his celebration of life, you saw uh, salvation, and mm -hmm. uh, you've seen the opportunity to continue to disciple. Uh, how has that uh, percolated through your family, you know, with your other children? You know, so it's interesting you brought this up because, um, you know, when I was going through that process of seeing my son lay, lay there lifeless, um, I thought about Job. And uh, I, I got home and and I brought all my, my wife and my kids. Again, I have seven kids. Um, so six of my kids into the living room. And I said, the one thing we're not going to do is we're not going to question God why. Um, we're sad. We're, we're, we're devastated right now. Um, but at the end of the day, we're still going to praise God. He is who he says he is. And in that process um, of, of battling, you know, um, you know, grief, I've had to learn how to re replace that with gratitude. Mm. And so how, how do you have gratitude when losing your son four months ago? I'm grateful that he gave me 19 years with my son. He gave me so many memories because I can take a trip down to Texas Children's Hospital where there's parents that have their children in there, two years, two years old, six months, three years old. But yet he gave me a healthy young boy for 19 years. Amen. And, mm -hmm. and so um, to shifting that uh, sorrow and to saying, you know what, God? I'm going to praise you regardless. Mm. And now I have six more kids to get into the ark. Mm. Amen. Well, that's uh, that's what God says when uh, it's Romans 8, uh, 28 says, God's at work in all things for the good of those who loved him. And what you did with your children is just affirmed how much you love the Heavenly Father and uh, and and uh, how much you love them. So that's a, that's a powerful statement, and it's a lot easier to say than to walk. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I commend you there that uh, you. Uh, that uh, you know a worldview that embraces God as sovereign with eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, is a is a worldview that will see you through those valleys. You know, the other worldview really doesn't help you much in those valleys. You, know, no. you can see that. I, I call that uh, sometimes the difference between religion and a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the religion, the church may not see you very well through a valley, but the the relationship with Jesus the Christ and the community he surrounds you with does. That's so right. uh, that's where our worldview really uh, shines. And uh, so... Uh, the, the challenge is that, uh, you know, when I talk about uh, dads needing to, to coach their kids through the body blows, you know, there are other body blows, you know, it isn't always life and death as you face so uh, dramatically, but it can be puberty. <laughs> it can be that, that first love lost, uh, a friend not being a friend, you know, uh, how, do, you know how, how do you tune it, you know, scale it back a little bit just to guide your kids through those kind of life blows? Uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, as your children start to mature. Anything your younger kids, as, uh, as they hit those little body blows, is this 
has this experience helped them guide, help them through those? Yeah, you know, like you mentioned, the heartbreaks. You know, um, you, you know, one of the things is, and 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 I like I like these topics because you know I come from out of the world and non-believing, and the world will tell us that we can go to alcohol, we can go to drugs, self-medicate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, our, the world's got plenty of remedies mm-hmm. to bring more destruction. And so as, as, as godly fathers, we can sit down and show our sons and daughters, hey, you know, this is how we can handle these certain things. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's okay to love and experience that heartbreak. But at the end of the day, what is God trying to teach us? What he's trying to show us? Who does he have prepared for you? Mm-hmm. You know, have you prayed for your wife? Well, Daddy, I'm, I'm only in 12, 13, 14. doesn't matter. Don't you want the perfect wife for you? Don't you want to be able to see that that's your wife? Not Knowing that when you date a girl the first time, hey, that's the girl I'm supposed to marry. You know, <laughs> uh, the, the first date I went on with my wife now, uh, I told her, I said, I'm, I'm going to marry you. She thought I was a fool, but uh, <laughs> I married her, so who's the fool now? <laughs> you better not say that. No, no, no. We're going to have to edit this. Now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, knowing that, you know, and she was a godly woman, mm-hmm. you know. She was she, she got me going to church and all those things, but I just knew that she had something that I wanted, and, and she had Jesus is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but walking the kids through those type of things, you know. Mm-hmm. I always remember my daughter, she was uh, probably 11 or 12 at the time, and we were going on a ride somewhere, and she said in the back seat, says, Dad, how do I know I'm going to meet someone right like you when, when I'm, uh, when, uh, that I can marry? And I said, uh, well, I, I know it's going to happen because I pray for you every day that you'll meet that right young man that will come into your life that's grounded in his Christian faith, growing in the walk with the Lord, that will learn to love and care for you as Christ loves and cares for the church. That's right. And she said, Cool. <laughs> and her mother looked at me and said, now she's never going to learn how to flirt. Right? I said, that's okay with me. You yeah, know? Right. But uh, now I just, she's, you know, I gave both my kids away in marriage this year. Awesome. And uh, so she found that right man. And uh, when I got to bless him and said, he was an answer to prayer. Mm-hmm. And what I expected of him in learning to love and in marriage, you know, right. that's these are the things we do as dads: is prepare them for uh, for this type of and and it, again, it, it's it's grounding in that worldview, understanding God's in control to bring that right one into your life. Yes, but uh, that's the other wake up call, or not a wake up call, but the clarity that uh, that this Anthony brought to the table through the game of baseball. You know, he he uh, conveyed to a to a crowd that probably doesn't hear a lot about Christ or no. about worldview or anything along those lines but as the as the interview went on he uh, made the comment to the uh, to the uh, commentator that it's you know playing baseball is better than taking bullets for your country on the other side of the planet uh, you know this game should be a breeze for us you know and and, and being one that has taken bullets on the other side of the world uh, you know I thought that perspective uh, allowed Anthony to just say you know uh, I know there are bigger issues out there and uh, that he was he had a passion for baseball from a very young age and he developed a passion for his Lord for his Savior and Lord Jesus the Christ as he as he matured and uh, so walking with a worldview with Jesus at the center certainly projects uh, peace and calm. And the charge for us dads and moms is to keep the home grounded in a Christian worldview because that's what the kids catch. You know, they don't always do what they we say. They catch what we've got. Yeah. So uh, how do you and your bride really project that peace and calm associated with your worldview? 
Well, in in I guess in any instance, we want to always display, um, allow allow the Holy Spirit to be involved in all our decisions and making sure our children see it. Mm-hmm. Um, we invite them into. Um, let's give you an example. If we're gonna we're gonna we need a new vehicle, right? And I just went through needing a new truck because the truck couldn't do the workload that we were doing. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a need. So people <laughs> say, I need it. No, you want it. No, I, I needed it. And um, and so one of the things was, is we pulled the kids in and said, okay, we're going to pray in a truck. And it might sound so silly, but at the end of the day, we got to take um, God's, God's view, right? His sovereign view, knowing that he knows the needs of the Vega household mm-hmm. and, and and how to continue the mission. And as simple as it sounds or, or silly as it sounds, praying in a vehicle, but we need the right vehicle, right? We need the one that's not gonna break down or have issues. We need the one that God knows is gonna get us to where we need to get to. Right. And and all these other things from them filling out college uh, resumes and or, or uh, you know, essays, writing essays to colleges to get in. You know, did you pray for it? You know, oh, you got an exam tomorrow. Did you pray for it? Well, I'm not understanding this this material right now. Okay, well, did you pray for understanding? Right. Did you ask God so you can have and receive what is being taught? Well, no, sir. Okay, well, let's stop. Let's bring God in the mix and let him go to work for us. And and being able to take on those type of things and, and versus um, taking on the worldly ways, you know. <laughs> And God will say, study more. <laughs> yeah. Show thyself <laughs> approved, right? <laughs> oh, that's another Oswald saying, uh, Oswald Chambers saying is, you know, we can't do what God does, which he's going to give us that peace of mind and that, that comfort that is his presence with us. But God's not going to do what we can do, right. which is study and do the due diligence. So uh, I've been in a similar situation praying for a truck. And what I was blessed with is uh, a, a company that retires trucks with about 200,000 miles on them. And then I take them to about 300,000 miles, which gets us through uh, two or three years of ministry, right? Yeah. So you never know how God's going to answer yeah. those prayers. But uh, but what we do know is that it's, it's a responsibility of a dad to coach his children into that Christian worldview so that they can navigate through those body blows. If it's as severe as losing a sibling and uh, or as light as a, as a first broken broken heart, you know, which isn't light for the child that has a broken heart. But uh, as we, uh, you know, as dads embrace a Christian worldview uh, on their own, uh, certainly they live by example, right, and navigate through the noise of this world grounded in a relationship with our Lord. So the charge to dads is to project that peace and calm in marriage and uh, in the home in a way that points to our uh, Savior and our Lord, Jesus the Christ. So that's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. So that's thank fine. you again, Richard, for being with us. And he, uh, and uh, we just uh, keep you prayed up as uh, you continue the journey. Thank God bless you, and God's God bless you.